Hi, everyone, and welcome to the January 20th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. Folks, did you know that after 24 years, there's a new best-selling car in Canada? That's right, after nearly a quarter century, it's no longer the Honda Civic. The title now belongs to the Toyota Corolla. Today, we'll talk to someone about how that happened and what it means to the brand. He'll also tell us about Toyota's new flagship sedan, the Crown. He'll discuss the role cars still play in Toyota's mix. And he'll talk about the federal ZEV sales mandate and what Toyota Canada and its dealers are doing to electrify. All that and more when I speak with Toyota Canada's Vice President of Sales and Marketing, Cyril Demetris on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. All right, let's start here. First, congratulations on the Toyota Corolla becoming the best-selling car in Canada. Thanks. Thanks so much. We're very humbled and we're gratified that on how Canadians have uh, reacted to uh, that particular entry that we have in market. How does that sound to you to hear Toyota Corolla, best-selling car in Canada? How does that sound to you and your team? Well, you know, we we take pride in in achieving our our mission to our to our customers, and that's around providing um, affordable, high value transportation that's fun to drive, attractive looking, and um, and you know, Corolla is really an epitome of that. So when we hear uh, that it's the number one selling sedan. Um, or passenger car, uh, you know, we're very gratified by that. We're, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, you're, you're well familiar with the legacy around Corolla and, and how many have been sold over the years. And it, it's really gratifying to know that it remains sort of our bread and butter go-to vehicle for so many Canadians. I've spoken to some analysts and some forecasters and they have their reasons and their thinking as to how and why the Corolla did what it did in 2022. But uh, I'd like to ask you, I mean, why do you think Canadians picked the Corolla over the competition, all of the competition in 2022? Uh, some of the reasons I just mentioned, you know, um, Corolla has been uh, like we've done. I, I personally think we've done a great job at keeping this product refreshed. And that means new powertrains, different powertrains, new features. We've added all-wheel drive to the vehicle. Um, as you know, it comes in a hybrid. We have uh, various body styles. Um, and more recently, we've injected some energy uh, into the brand, Corolla brand with GR Corolla. You know, So when you, when you do those things, uh, you just, uh, or we feel we're appealing to a broader and broader audience. And there really is a Corolla for, uh, for just about anybody. And it is uh, high value. It's well, uh, very well positioned in the segment from a pricing standpoint um, and good value. And, and that's what I think people are looking for these days. Vehicles that are fuel efficient, uh, fun to drive, um, you know, attractive looking and uh, provide good value for their money. And I think Corolla epitomizes that. Look, it's no secret, and I have to ask this. I mean, the Honda Civic was the number one selling car in Canada for 24 consecutive years. Did Toyota Canada set out to dethrone that vehicle? Has that always been a mission? Um, is it something you targeted, or do you just go about your business marketing the Corolla uh, the way you always have? I just wonder if there was an ambitious effort to try and get to number one. Yeah, very much the latter. Uh, 
you know, we have lots of internal goals and targets that we set, but certainly knocking off Civic was not a conscious mission within our organization. I think, especially in in this environment of supply chain disruptions and challenges, it's uh, it's really trying to <laughs> eke out every product we can sell, every vehicle we can sell, and get it to customers. Um, you know, our our our, our way of going about our business is really to to assess what the public need and want is in our lineup and try to do our best to fulfill that need and want um, as efficiently, effectively as we can in this environment, right? So I, I think we were able to do that really effectively with Corolla and um, and and that's why we, we've succeeded. But clearly it wasn't something that we were um, out to do uh, you know, as, as a mission for the organization. You mentioned the microchips, and I wanted to talk about those semiconductors. Uh, in terms of production of the Corolla, which is made in Mississippi, um, how did that chip crisis affect output there? And the follow-up to that is, are things back to normal or as close to normal as they're going to get? Well, we're happy to see uh, supply chain, I would say, continues to uh, stabilize and get more predictable. And it's not just conductors, right? It's uh, it's COVID lockdowns in parts of the world. It's labor shortages, labor challenges, component shortages. So it's it's really created um, you know a challenge for all the industry members. Um, we feel we have a great team uh, that manages our supply chain that that does um, uh, an excellent job through. Um, through a, a diversity of, of suppliers and um, you know uh, you know diversification of our supply chain that's allowed us to um, optimize our situation in this environment that we've been facing. So um, you know it, it, it's been a challenging situation for everyone. I'd like to think that it's getting better, but certainly we're still not out of the woods. And I would say that. Uh, Corolla was uh, one of the vehicles in our lineup where we were able to um, maintain relatively uh, better supply of versus some other models. How do you capitalize on this achievement? Does this become a piece of marketing in Canada that it is the number one selling sedan in, in the country as you move forward through 2023? No, I don't think you're going to see us marketing that. Um, frankly, we um, in terms of overall volume, uh, RAV4 has has been the number one selling uh, non-full-size pickup truck for now the third consecutive year and represents uh, even a larger volume for us. Um, and plus, it's built in Canada, which is great. Um, so, but, you know, it's not really our our way to uh, to go out and, and use these kinds of accolades in our marketing, uh, and you probably won't see that. Um, it's like we take a pride in being the number one retailer uh, in Canada, and we've done that now for the fourth consecutive year. And um, it's really the breadth of our lineup that I think has allowed us to succeed uh, in this way. Uh, we, there really is a Toyota for everyone. And, um, you know, uh, although Corolla and RAV are, like I mentioned, our, our bread and butter vehicles that perform very, very well in in those core segments, uh, it's really um, the combination of uh, our entire lineup and being able to uh, to serve such a wide public need that I think is the 
gives us the ability to succeed uh, the way we have in 2022. So, um, you know, we look to when we when we think about our marketing efforts, um, we leverage the strength of our brand, the strength of the the you know the breadth of our lineup, and and clearly our leadership and electrification as means of um, um, you know communicating to the the consumer the high value. Um, they're buying when they purchase a Toyota. I'm glad you brought up uh, the RAV4 and and trucks. Uh, It's no secret that automakers have been turning their attention to those types of vehicles. In fact, in 2022, you know, less than 20% of the new vehicles sold were cars. Um, They were all trucks, SUVs, and crossovers. So where does Toyota stand at this point in time when it comes to cars and sedans and how do you see them playing a role in your portfolio and in the lives and purchase habits of of canadian consumers yeah as you as you know many have walked away from uh, the car segments and uh, we we have not we we feel there's still uh strong public demand in this space and that there is uh, a need to be fulfilled and we've um, we've we've stayed in those in those markets. Um, you know, in the case of compact car and intermediate car, um, you know, Camry and Corolla, uh, in a, in all its variations, have been strong entries. Uh, they provide significant volume to us, and really, we still see strong product demand in those in those spaces. Uh, clearly, the um, the diver- diversification of powertrain, uh, adding hybrid options and adding all-wheel drive uh, in those offerings in recent years uh, have been uh, really good tools to sustain demand in those segments. And purely from an affordability and, and value standpoint, they're good value propositions for the consumer. And that's why we continue to um, supply those segments and um, and I would say dominate them. Uh, with with many competitors leading uh, leading those segments. There's a new entry. I, I want to stick with cars for a minute. Uh, living in Windsor, I was watching NFL playoffs on over-the-air broadcasts out of Detroit, so I caught my first ad for the Toyota Crown recently. Where does that vehicle fit in the uh, scheme of things in Canada? What's the plan for the Crown uh, north of the border in Canada? Yeah, Crown um, is our new segment redefining flagship sedan. I would say uh, it's uh, it, it's unique in that it's going to be 100% all-wheel drive, uh, 100% hybrid, uh, or 100% electrified. I would say with uh, with two different hybrid powertrains available. Uh, spacious sedan, but the unique feature of it, it has a bit of a lifted. Um, configuration to it so it's a higher driving height a little bit of a higher driving height but uh great performance on the vehicle very spacious uh premium interior so it'll it'll fit the niche of you know um i'll I'll say uh where avalon played um but but with um you know this is this is uh i would say um it's a bolder design more premium interior and more uh, performance oriented in terms of uh, the vehicle itself. And like I said, 100% all-wheel drive, 100% electrified powertrain. So it, you know, we think it, it fits a, a really interesting niche in that um, in that premium uh, sedan market with some unique features, right? You mentioned electrification and, and hybrids. Uh, I want to turn to those. 
starting at the dealer level, we've seen Ford ask its dealers to invest up to $1 million on EV infrastructure at the dealership level. Uh, Hyundai, much less than that, but still asking for some commitments financially from their dealer partners. What is Toyota asking from its dealer network in Canada when it comes to preparing for and upgrading for the electric revolution that is upon us? Well, we, you know, as we all know, uh, as an industry, we're moving to an electrified future. And with that, um, you know, the way we approach things, I mean, you know, our dealers really have have been great at investing in state-of-the-art facilities right across the country. And, and our approach really is to look at our product plan and, um, you know, volumes of what we're intending to sell uh, coming down the pipe and, and, you know, ask dealers to, to make investments that, that would support the base of vehicles that we're going to have out there and support their, support their customer base. Right. So um, currently, uh, as you're aware, we have uh, a variety of offerings uh, from ice to hybrid, to plug-in hybrid, to uh, pure battery electric and even fuel cell. Right. So depending on, uh, how those uh, how those offerings get allocated um, to to ensure that we are meeting our compliance to uh, government regulation and and uh, optimizing um, our allocation of product. We ask dealers to make the necessary investments to support the customer base. Um, I've heard about those larger numbers. Some other industry members are are asking of their dealer base, and and that's probably to measure it with their direction and. Uh, the future they see as it relates to electrification. Um, and so, I mean, you know, they, they do what they need to do, I guess. Uh, we, we look at it as uh, what we need to do to properly service our customers. And that, for the most part, is charging infrastructure, but also making sure things like the technical base and um, after-sales setup are there to properly service vehicles and, and provide a charging infrastructure for, for consumers that, that need that based on the, the products they're purchasing. But we very much tie it to our, our uh, product and sales plan moving forward and making sure that uh, those regions that are um, mostly affected are the ones, you know, uh, accelerating their investment in, in the, the various technologies. But um you know, as you're aware, this move to electrification has many moving parts to it, and uh, it'll be an interesting journey in the coming years for the whole industry. And, um, you know, we, we look to maintain our leadership in electrification the way we have with, uh, uh, you know, when we look at our electrified mix in 2022, we're in about 26% of our product that we sold was electrified and, and we're looking to grow that to uh, about 40% electrified mix in 2023 through our various offerings. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the percentages because I, wa- I wanted to end on this topic. Uh, the federal government is forcing automakers to sell a certain percentage of electrified or fuel cell, green vehicles, if you will. Um, d- that percentage increases as time goes on and it's going to be 20% by 2030. Where does Toyota Canada stand on the federal zero emissions vehicle sales mandate? And I think it's interesting to hear from Toyota because you have, as you mentioned, a real mix. You have the fuel cells in there as well. So is this something that Toyota Canada 
stands behind, has a problem with. I know that the Global Automakers of Canada, which sort of lobbies on your behalf at times, is against it. But where does Toyota Canada specifically stand when it comes to the ZEV sales mandate? Well, as, as you're aware, um, you know, we believe in a, in a diversity of powertrains to meet environmental leadership or uh, to, to be environmental leaders. Uh, you know, BEV, uh, pure BEV is not the only answer, it's not the only solution. And uh, our diversity of powertrains, we feel, is uh, very, very effective at um, uh, reducing um, harmful emissions and and uh, maintaining environmental leadership. So we understand the, the regulatory uh, draft has come out. Our group continues to... Um, to, to work with government, to understand those regulations and um, provide our voice as to where we feel they could be improved. Um, but we will, we will work with uh, wherever those regulations land and I'm confident we will be um, leaders in environmental stewardship going forward with our, with our offerings and approach. Cyril, uh, I want to thank you for all this. Uh, I know we started out with just wanting to talk about uh, the Corolla and its success, but we got into some other stuff, but I appreciate it. My pleasure. I want to thank Cyril for being my guest today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.